this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith walkers reflect on the topic of how to be quick to listen and slow to speak, part two. This conversation was originally recorded in November of 2022. We want to remind you, Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. Yeah, so it's fantastic to see all of you. And here's what I thought I'd talk about today. I've been been pondering. So last week, if you remember, was about uh, listening and learning to listen well. And and in that verse of scripture in James 1, verse 19, it says, be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and slow to anger. And we focused on quick to listen last week. So why don't we talk about slow to speak today? So yeah, listening is really important, but also is speaking. And there comes a time when we need to find our voice and we need to speak. Now, in James 1.19, uh, he says, uh, he, he says, be, be qu- uh, slow to speak. And then he talks about being slow to anger. And for me, as we, as we always interpret these verses through faith walking language, uh, I, what I hear in that is be thoughtful rather than reactive in your speaking. Think things through, slow down, and get clear. Um, I, I think it also implies, for me, every time I think about being thoughtful, I, I think about, and, and we have, uh, I think about gathering the facts rather than making up a story in our head, or rather than believing a story that somebody else has made up in their head. And it seems like we have an epidemic of that today, of people making up stories in their head and then other people believing the stories that somebody made up in their head and then perpetuating those stories. And they speak out of their imagination and the stories that they're convinced are true rather than speaking out of, I did the research, I gathered the facts, and I'm carefully thoughtful about what I say. Because I want to tie it to thoughtfulness, because I believe when we perpetuate imaginations that aren't true, we, we are speaking things that are not true. We're speaking falsehood. And it, and it distracts people. It makes people angry. It makes them anxious. It, it takes them off the path of truth. So be slow to speak. And in your slowness to speak, be thoughtful and gather the facts. In Ecclesiastes 3.7, you remember right at the beginning of Ecclesiastes 3, there's a season under heaven for everything. There's a time that's appropriate for everything. Well, in that list, in Ecclesiastes 3.7, he says, there is a time to listen and there is a time to speak. In my work in faith walking, I find a lot of folks who don't have a voice. 
I find a lot of folks who don't use their voice. And so this is about encouraging you to learn to learn to find the courage to to have a voice and and to say what is so for you. That's that's one of my favorite phrases. And here's why. Because when I say what is so for me, you can't really argue with it. You you can see it differently. But if but if this is what is so for me, if I say, you know what is so for me is I am really warm right now. And you want to argue and say, oh, no, there's no way you can be really warm. It's so cold right now. You've got to be cold. Well, I'm saying what's so for me. You get to say what's so for you. And those so's can be very different. So there is a time to speak. Find your voice. Use your voice. I want to say it this way. Your voice needs to be heard. Your voice does. Because your voice is unique and you're the only one with your voice. You're the only one with your experience, with your life, with your perspective. And every voice needs to be heard so that we have everybody's perspective. But I'm going to come back and say it again. Your voice needs to be heard. And I want to invite you to think about what, what, what are you going to need within yourself to find your voice and to speak your voice? So as I thought about speaking, saying, here, here's what I thought about. The first thing I thought about is shame causes us to hide our voice. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I, I don't know enough. I know in my own life, I've told you all the story. When, when I get in a room full of really smart professors, I, my, my tendency is to allow my shame to overpower me and to not speak up. And and that's not healthy. I, I've learned along the way that that's not good for me and it's not good for them because they need my voice. And and the truth is, it's it's not a competition about who's smartest. They're probably all smarter than me. That's not what's important. What's important is that my perspective and my voice gets added to the conversation. So there's a time to speak. There's a time to listen, but there's also a, a, a time to speak. And I believe one of the things that prevents us from speaking is our shame. I think, though, a second thing, you know this one's coming. What else causes us to not speak? Our anxiety, our fear. Fear causes us to muzzle our voice. And so what do we do? We distance rather than speak, rather than having the hard conversation we need to have, we just avoid it. And I, and I think there's, I'm sure there's more than this, but this is what I thought of. 
So I think there's two fears. There's the fear of being rejected if we say what we, what we really want to say. Well, if I if I really tell people what I think and believe, well, they'll reject me for it. And I don't want to be rejected. I like having people like me. And so I'm just going to not say everything that I need to say because in, in hopes that, that people will keep liking me. So it's, it's, there's a fear of rejection. I think there's another fear, though, that keeps me from speaking up. And, and that other fear that keeps me from speaking up is I'm afraid that if I tell people the truth, it's going to hurt their feelings. And what do we know in faith walking? What do we learn in faith walking? I'm not responsible for other people's feelings. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? I, I don't say what I need to say because, because I take responsibility for other people's feelings. There's plenty we could unpack there, but that's all I'm going to unpack now. I, I think there's a third reason that we don't, that our voice doesn't get heard and we don't speak. And, and I'm, I didn't, didn't know exactly how to express it, but, I, but I'm going to say it this way. Our voice gets suppressed by other people who dominate and con who have dominant and controlling voices. So we get dominated or we get controlled by other voices. And so our voices get suppressed. Um, and along the way, I, I, I want to say it this way. We, we give up our voice sometimes and under function. So what we do is, is, is we learn, maybe we grew up this way. So let, let's, let's do this. If in our first formation, there was a dominant controlling voice, then, then often what we learn in our first formation is how is to not think for ourselves. And we learn how to become under-functioners. So, you know what? I don't have to think because my father's going to tell me what to think. Or my spouse is going to tell me what to think. Or, or, or whomever. And so we give up our voice and we, and we under-function because thinking, and then, and then here's what happens. The result of that, if we listen in, a, if that's what happens in our first formation, is thinking becomes hard for us because we're used to other people thinking for us. And so we don't, we really don't have a voice because we don't do the work of thinking about what our, what our voice is. What do I think? What do I believe? And so I, I just want to encourage us, there is a time to speak, and there's a time to think about what I need to speak, and there's a time to have whatever, to, to learn how to not under-function and to think and have, some, have an opinion and have something to say. So I found a couple of quotes that I thought were pretty cool. Steve Jobs, the Apple guy, said, your time is limited. So don't waste it living someone else's life. Boy, isn't that good? We can just leave it at that. Your time is limited. So don't waste it living somebody else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. 
Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and your intuition. Yeah, I, I just like the way he said that. Uh, don't don't let the noise of other people's thinking drown out your own inner voice. And then Maggie Kuhn, I don't know if y'all know the name Maggie Kuhn. You, you know who she is? She, she started uh, something that's called the Gray Panthers. She's the one that's, that was required to retire at 65 and, and began to have a voice to speak out against mandatory retirements. And here's what, here's what she says, and, and I like it a lot. Stand before the people you fear and speak your mind, even if your voice shakes. <laughs> yeah, stand before the people you fear and speak your mind, even if your voice shakes. So why, why don't we speak? sometimes because of shame. Why don't we speak? And, and by the way, let me stop here. I, I, this is my opinion. I think sometimes people speak too much because of shame also. We don't speak because of shame or we speak too much because of shame. We're trying to overcompensate for, for maybe not feelings of unworthiness. We, we don't speak because of fear. We don't speak because our maybe in our first formation or maybe in our adult life, our voice gets suppressed and we learn to underfunction and not think. So find your voice because there's a time to speak. And then one more idea I want to leave you with. In Proverbs 31, 8 to 9, the scripture says, Speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. You can read that verse in its detail, but really it's about being a voice for justice for others. And in faith walking, that's the missional living component. Are there people who don't have a voice that I could be a voice for? How do I have the courage to find my own voice? but also find the voice to take a stand against injustice, to take a stand against oppression, to, to take a stand against maybe a person, a family, or a group of people that don't have a voice of their own. There's a time to listen, but there's also a time to speak. Amen. I'm done. What's that stir up for you? Now is the time to speak. <laughs> Ken, one of the thoughts that went through my head was the art of delivery of speaking. Mm. And <clears throat> You know, it's easily, it's easy to dismiss angry responses and just 
loaded words kinds of things. So there's yeah. that thinking part that has to happen. Yeah. There's that that anxiety part that we have to manage. Yeah. So there's that art of speaking well when we are called to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, those are great words, Jerry. Absolutely. Um, there's a verse of scripture rolling around in my head and I can't capture it. What's there's a there's a verse of scripture about that, about the way we speak. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up. But uh, but you're right. Uh, which comes back to our James passage. Be be slow to re be reactive. Be slow to be angry. I mean, if if I speak angrily, I may not be heard as well as if I speak calmly and clearly. So for me, there's a difference between speaking angrily and speaking passionately. I can speak passionately now, but I don't have to be angry. Uh, how do I balance being clear and also being gentle? I need to learn all that, which is why I have a guiding principle about having hard conversations, because because I'm I, I'm I'm working on how do I show up and do all of those things. Really good, thank you, Jerry. One further thought is the the loud, abrasive, confrontational speaking gets the attention i think i you know just think of the media which is you know on one hand it's rather discouraging because those are not the voices that i really want to listen to but there they are yeah in in, in your face kind of a thing yeah 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 it it's it's like media feeds off the loudest voices and the most angry voices because they're the ones that sell. But they're not the best voices to listen to. I'm with you. I've often shared with my spouse that um, a tone of voice, it, set, it sets the mood and it can set it for the whole day. Um, and especially for, for females, I believe, um, especially those that had, you know, at a verbally abusive growing up, mm -hmm. you know, experience with men or fathers. And so I, I know I catch myself when I hear a tone and, and, and he, he doesn't even realize he's doing it, but that, that little tone, you know, will mm -hmm. I'll catch myself in a reactive or non-reactive, just body language reactive, mm -hmm. you know, just in avoidance. And I've had to explain that several times and it's something we're really trying to work on because I, I do the same thing. He thinks I'm being sarcastic and condescending. And I'm like, no, that's not what I meant at all. But I have a tendency to, because I was raised with a, a Northern um, father, <laughs> um, family up in Connecticut, New York. And so I kind of brought up, picked up some of that demeanor from him. And so um, it's adaptive. And so I'm having to unlearn that what I'm trying to say because it does make a difference in communication 
Mm -hmm. Because when you come off with a tone, then you you, you stop listening. Mm -hmm. You don't hear anything mm -hmm. the rest of the day. Right. Which which I think we could say if if I don't manage my anxiety, I will speak with a tone. Because it will be my anxiety that's the tone. Right? Absolutely. Especially when you're assuming and making up that story in your head why there you somebody go. sounded a certain way. Yeah. You're just automatically on the defense, I think. Mm -hmm. I believe. I'm not saying you personally, but it, it mm -hmm. right. And when we get on the defense, that's yeah, there's a threat and that's anxiety. And guess what? We're about to do what we always get do. stupid. <laughs> get stupid. Yeah, there you go. As a very, very brief story to share that's relevant, and it happened this week. It's kind of a personal testimony to, to your message, Ken, if, if, I, if I may hear. Um, so I, most of my life, I would have been one to remain quiet out of shame, out of anxiety. And in the last decade, as I have healed and grown um, through therapy, through faith walking, I was very, very aware of this particular, of the faith walking principles you've been discussing here today. I received an email from one of our um, snowbirds moving. I, I don't even know this woman. And she really, really viciously attacked me in this email. And um, she made assumptions. Um, the context is I started a book group and the author um, is a more progressive author, Rachel Held Evans, who I adore. But um, this woman has, um, is part of the, the church that has left the denomination as many conservatives are leaving their respective denominations. And she accused me of all sorts of awful things. And this new and healed and more strong woman like me wanted to use my voice and, and, and teach her and rebuke her and fire back at her and use all the ammunition I had because I am not gonna be silenced anymore. I am a better, stronger, healthier person. And then I had to hit pause and go, sometimes health and strength means being quiet. <laughs> means having, as you just said, having that soft answer, hitting pause, knowing where your battles are. And yeah. I was very aware that, um, that it's, 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 it's um, through a lot of faith walking that in this case, to be quiet was a sign of health and strength, mm -hmm. not shame, not anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that. Thank you for that reminder, Tammy. It it's it is it is the balance of living a life. So for me, I, I don't know why the, the the word gentleness is just my word lately, and and gentleness means power under control, mm -hmm. and where I have power is with my words. I have the power to tell her off. I have the power to rebuke her. I have the power to scold her, whatever. I've got that power, but I, but I don't take that power. That power's under control. And, 
And for me, that's what you're describing. Yeah. And I didn't used to have that power. And that's, yeah. a, that's a mark of healing that I right. knew I had it. Yeah. Yeah. And there then you go. Could, could, could turn that back and right. be more Christ-like. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. So even as I process that a little further in my head, so I have a newfound power of my voice, but I don't always have to use it just because I have it. I have a somewhat similar story. You know, she was just sharing uh, when you, when you first said that scripture, I wasn't here last week when you said it, it kind of like, there's this little triggering moment. Cause I remember years ago, um, there were some folks that we were close to that were just being really religiously destructive mm -hmm. in a helpful way. <laughs> that makes it, that's the nice way to put it. And sure. I kind of avoided, I kind of avoided the whole situation because number of reasons and then they kind of cornered me one day and i they, they they posed it as they were just having a talk you know and i was calm and i but i just answered their questions in a calm way and and their reaction that they were getting from folks was people would get angry or distance themselves and eventually they didn't like what i was saying so they pulled this scripture out because i was too quick to have answers to define myself that's really what it was i was too quick mm -hmm. to define myself they didn't like it mm -hmm. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and it just kind of made me laugh but i do feel uh, as going back to that thought and that whole process of being slow um if i was just a little slower i would have been able to see through that this was you know the proverbs talk about a foolish person and i would have just i would have just said hey if that's what you're doing have fun um, let's talk about the football game um, mm -hmm. because the, the conversation was not really about what it was about. Right. There was another layer of persuasion and um, an argument that the genuineness of hearing my position was not there. Right. Right. You know, even as Tammy is talking about, you know, this person, but she, she sees the baggage the person's bringing in. You know, this person has a high anxiety of, man, my church at home fell apart. Now my church, at, when I go to the Virgin Islands, they're going, you know, their whole world is falling apart. And that's so the argument that's being had isn't even the real argument. Um, mm -hmm. And when you slow down and, and disengage from those things, you can see the real arguments and then decide whether you really even want to engage in that in the first place and mm -hmm. and just a reminder of that you know there's a number of situations in the last couple of years where it's like if i had just waited just a, just a little bit more i would have just not have engaged with that and the connection would have been higher um which maybe could have weathered other storms um mm -hmm. so yeah it just reminded me of that but but when you get those verses kind of flipped around on you when you, oh yeah you know, the, the Bible bullets, you know, I get you. People use it as a weapon. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's not what was happening at all. It's just, I was supposed to roll over and I didn't. And right. You know, I wasn't yeah. aggressive. It wasn't mean. It was just mm -hmm. like, had an answer. And so, yeah, the mixture of things. Good, Sean. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Trish. I just wanted to share that this platform and doing faith walking work has really helped me um, find my voice 
and be able to express it. Um, because I was one of those, the shame of my voice. I was raised in that, that what I had to say, what I had to contribute, A, wasn't worth listening to, and B, was so different that it was just better if I stayed quiet. <laughs> and so, and that's pretty much how I've identified it for, unfortunately, most of my life. But the faith walking work that I've been able to practice and just the safety of this group that I've been in has enabled me to kind of dip my toes in the water and then become a little more comfortable with saying what, who I am and how I am. Um, it's also helped me to process better so that the anxiety doesn't flood me. And that was a big thing because in the early days I would start to express something, but then I was flooded with so much emotion, so many things that have been unresolved that I felt myself spinning. And so it's, it's still a practice. It's still a work in progress, but it's been, um, it's been really good. And I'm sometimes present, pleasantly surprised that people identify with what I have to say. So it's a totally different experience. Than mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you all for listening. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you for speaking. <laughs> I like to hear your voice. Thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Yeah, this really resonates. Um, and, and like so many things, it, it seems to me it's, it is a real balancing act. It's a balancing mm -hmm. act of the right timing and though i'm not responsible for somebody else's feelings to deliberately say something that i know is going to hurt um right. doesn't need to happen the the source of my voice an email or a text doesn't have the tone of voice that i might want it to have so i need to balance that with the timing and what needs to be said um this morning um i'm, I'm in this little women's group on uh once a month on thursday evenings and our, our re-elected governor put out this cute little competition for naming the turkey that's gonna be pardoned for Thanksgiving. Mm. And a friend in this group sent that out to all of us just so we could join in the little competition. She meant it to be fun. The response that came from one of the members was, oh, that woman, she doesn't have anything better to do than um, name a turkey. Um, and <laughs> it was such a harsh comment and I know the politics of everyone there. And I, my first thought was, oh, I have something I could say back. And then I thought, no, this isn't the time. This isn't the, the means to do it. This is, I, I could just write back and say, I think it's kind of fun. And kind of switch it in a way that's not confrontational. Um, and hopefully um, will maybe help some of the others not react also, because I know I'm pretty sure I know what some of them might be thinking. Um, but, and that's just a little tiny example. I had another example in the dorm yesterday afternoon where one, a couple of the guys were talking about the problem of homeless people in this community. And there is a big problem. And their response, and, and I know he was kidding. He was trying to be funny. He said, well, my solution would be a shotgun. Now that hit me really hard. Um, and I thought, all right, I am going to address this, but I'm going to be very careful how I address this. And, and had the opportunity to say, well, you know, 
sometimes we need to think about why we have this, why we're in this situation, what, what got this, got us here. Um, maybe the closing of some of the mental health institutions in the state, maybe some of the PTSD that our veterans who have come home are dealing with, maybe the fact that you can't really live in this county on minimum wage jobs. Um, and then I told my own story, um, how let, let's, let's take this personally and see when I retire, because I started, I entered the workforce late, my social security is only going to be $1,000 a month. That's mm -hmm. not going to support me in this environment if I don't have some savings. So if I were, if I didn't have those savings, I could be one of those homeless people. And then the look on their face was amazement because they hadn't considered that. They hadn't made it personal. And so making it personal gave them an opportunity to, to look at it differently. Mm -hmm. um, and it was gentle. It was my story. It wasn't about anything else. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it made a difference. And we'll see. I mean, they're young. Um, and we'll just see what happens later. But it, I see it's about balance of all of this. Um, and, and like Tammy said, and, and you said, Ken, that we, we have the strength now, we are healthy. And that means we have to know how to use that strength and when it's time to use it. This is so helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Judith. Would anyone else like to speak? One of the things, just kind of a, a little bonus at the end, is I think one of the things I'm I'm really learning and I'm trying to practice these days are saying what I think and asking for what I want. Because so much of my life, I, I didn't think that was okay. It's not okay to ask for what you want. Um, and especially so so i have siblings and we're all working together to get my mom placed somewhere and it's going to involve money out of all of our pockets because my mom would be homeless judith if we didn't help her uh and so i've tried to be really clear about this is what i'm willing to do and this is what i'm not willing to do and it's it's just it's been really helpful for me but it's also been frustrating for me that some of my siblings won't do that. They won't just say, well, this is, this is what I'm willing to do. And this is what I'm not willing to do. And so then it makes it awkward and it makes, you know, okay, okay. Just, just be honest. Uh, so, so the idea that, that I want to, that I'm, I'm trying to emphasize is ask for what you want. It's okay to have an opinion. It's okay to, it's okay to say, well, if it was my preference, this is what I would prefer. I don't have to have my way, but but if I got my way, this is what I would prefer. Go ahead, Brent. Uh, on the subject of what you were speaking about just now regarding your mom, I was listening to KHCB yesterday, and they were actually in that whole discussion about this and how you've said many times, kind is clear. Mm -hmm. You know, and when we have expectations of what we think somebody should be thinking, <laughs> then don't work out the way. I mean, they go they go south pretty quick. So I I, I thought about that too in lifelong care when you're caring for elderly. Mm -hmm. That it's it, it is very difficult. You know, I, I I worry about that with my own children. You know, what's going to mm -hmm. happen if if you know? But that clear thing is I'm I'm really finding out is super super important. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. 
It's one of my new mottos. Thank you all for being here today. Thank you for joining in the conversation. It always makes it better when you uh, join in. So thank you much. For more information about Faith Walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that Faith Walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us backslash donate. Thank you for listening. Thank you.